Welcome to 49ers Camelot. This is our mailbag show. We do this every week during the football season at 49ers Web Zone where I write. Uh, we, all, we always do that, give the 49ers fans a chance to ask their questions and then we answer them to the best of our ability. Uh, during the off season, we normally do it like every couple of weeks, but we did our last one uh, of the season. Um, we just opened the mailbag on Monday, uh, so the, the day after the 49ers lost in the NFC Championship. So today uh, is the day that we are releasing our uh, our mailbag, so I wanted to hop on here. I'm going to go through the questions, some uh, at least most of them, and, uh, and give my answers. Uh, so for those that don't want to read, they can uh, just watch or listen. So let's jump right in because uh, this may take a little bit, so I don't want to spend too much time doing the small talk stuff. So here's, uh, here's the first question. Chris asked, how many times do we have to go through this? What he's talking about is how many times do we have to have our hearts broken at the end of the season <clears throat> after a great season and, and then we go far into the playoffs and, and experience this heartbreak? How many times do we have to deal with that? And my response to Chris was, look, losing in the postseason sucks, but it's better than not even making it to the postseason. So yeah, the farther you go in the playoffs, the more it's going to hurt when you lose. But the, the good part is the 49ers are a really good team and they keep making the postseason. So that's a positive thing that they're able to advance deep into the playoffs. And, and hey, look, yeah, it hurt to lose in Philly, especially the way that the 49ers lost, but at least we got to beat the Cowboys and the Seahawks. It doesn't get much better than that. So we can celebrate that, right? The second question is from Manny, who asked, injuries to a team starting quarterback is bad luck, but injuries to all four quarterbacks on the same roster seems suspicious and my my uh, blame goes to the coach play calling bad luck what is your take on that well i decided to break down the major quarterback injury since 2018 real scientific i know and here's what i came up with so jimmy garoppolo in 2018 uh tore his acl he was running down the sidelines and instead of getting out of bounds, decided to cut back and, and try to keep you know, getting more yards. And, and so he, he tore his ACL. I blame bad luck on that one. An ACL tear is always a freak thing that uh, while it happens a lot, it's normally just a bad luck kind of thing. You could also blame Garoppolo for not getting out of bounds. So then you go to 2020 where the 49ers were just injury riddled that entire season and so with that uh, Garoppolo had an ankle sprain two different times in fact there was uh, the the uh, early in the season I, I think against the Jets and then later in the season so two different times he had a high ankle sprain both times if I remember right he was being uh, sacked or tackled I, I, I can't remember the exact situation but in both of those, I would say that uh, I put the blame on the offensive line for not protecting him. In 2021, Garoppolo had a couple of injuries. He had the thumb injury in the regular season that happened while he was being sacked. Uh, I blame bad luck 
and the offensive line. <laughs> in uh, the 2021 postseason, he had the shoulder injury where he was thrown down by a defensive player. I blame the offensive line on that one, and also bad luck. Uh, in uh, 2022, so let's get to this one. Trey Lance, in the second game of the season against the Seahawks, broke his ankle while he was running a quarterback keeper right up the middle. I blame Kyle Shanahan for this one. Now, I realize that there are teams like Jalen Hurts does this. Um, the Ravens do it. There are teams that have their quarterbacks run up the middle. And so Lamar Jackson's not a big guy, uh, and but but he did miss much of this season. And so I, I think that this was just a fluky thing, but at the same time, they had him running right into the teeth of the defense. And so I just kind of think that Kyle Shanahan's partly to blame for that, and then bad luck also. Uh, and then also this season, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo fractured his foot, um, injured while he was being sacked, so I blame the offensive line and bad luck on that. And then Brock Purdy uh, in uh, Sunday's game in the NFC Championship with a UCL tear. Uh, while he was throwing, had his arm hit in such a way that it tore that ligament. So here I blame, partly blame Shanahan for having a backup tight end try to block Hassan Reddick. But I realize that's part of play action run game uh, or pass game. And so I, I understand that that happens, but I still, I, I, I don't like how, how that took place. Uh, and also blame bad luck. I mean, this is a fluke thing that rarely happens to a quarterback, and so that was kind of strange. But, but like when I when I looked at these all together, it looks like more bad luck than anything. And so, yeah, maybe the offensive line is a close second, and certainly they need to be better at pass blocking. But I think it's more bad luck than anything. So for those that want to blame Kyle Shanahan and say that he gets his quarterbacks hurt. Yeah, I mean, you go back all the way to, to Robert Griffin III, yeah, that happens, but at the same time, I don't really blame him that much. So uh, here's the next question from Dr. WDS on Twitter. If it's Tommy John, do they go with Trey or bring in someone to maybe start? Brady, Carr, uh, question mark, uh, is, is what they're, they're asking, if it might be Tom Brady or Derek Carr. Uh, well, it's not going to be Tom Brady because this morning he announced that he's retiring from the NFL and that he's not going to change his mind this time. So uh, I don't uh, believe that it's going to be Brady. And Derek Carr, do we really want another car in San Francisco after uh, after the, the We Want Car chance when, when David Carr was Alex Smith's backup in 2010? Uh, I, I don't really want another car. And I, I'm happy with Trey Lance and uh, with Brock Purdy. Now... If Brock Purdy misses uh, too much time, I, I think the situation is that if, if the ligament can be repaired, he's only going to miss six months or he's only going to be uh, experiencing his rehab for six months, which means he can be back in August. And if he's back in August, then he's going to be, he might, might not be ready to start the regular season as the starter, but he can come back, um, you know, maybe within a month or so. So, so that would be good. But if they have to replace that ligament, then from what I understand, it's more of a Tommy John kind of situation where he might miss the entire 2023 season. Uh, 
If that's the case, then they're definitely going to have to bring in some kind of veteran to back up Trey Lance. Uh, but I think that they're going to go into the season with uh, with Trey Lance as the guy, and then depending on what happens with Brock Purdy's recovery. So uh, if they're both healthy and both are ready, then then I, I give the advantage to Brock Purdy. But if not, uh, if, if Purdy's not ready, then Trey Lance is going to be the guy. And so I don't think that they're going to bring in somebody else. Uh, if they do, it's going to be a backup role. I don't think that we're going to see Baker Mayfield or... Derek Carr or, or somebody like that coming in to, to start or to challenge for the starting position. Adrian asks, how aggressive will this team be in trying to get a big-name quarterback in the offseason after what happened yesterday? So, again, with what uh, what I how I just answered, I, I don't think that they're going to do that. Uh, they're, you know, they're not going to go after Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's just not how they operate. They have two young cheap quarterbacks that they really believe in both. And so I think that they're going to see how this plays out. Um, Aris asked if Vic Fangio gets the defensive coordinator job, which he he uh, very well could. Uh, he's in the running for it. Do you think Chris Kacerik will remain with the 49ers? Would they fit together scheme-wise? Look, I think whoever gets the defensive coordinator position... Chris Kacerik is still going to be the defensive line coach. He's the best in the NFL, and from what I understand, he's not interested in going and being a coach himself. So I, I think that he's going to want to stay. I, I don't see him going and, and being with D'Amico Ryans in Houston, which if you haven't heard, D'Amico Ryans uh, has now been announced as the Texans' uh, next head coach. And so I think that Kasurik is going to stay, and I think he's going to be a good fit with whatever scheme they're running. That guy is intense, and uh, and so he's going to be a, a great fit for whoever's uh, in San Francisco. Uh, let's see, who's on the short list if D'Amico leaves, which he is leaving? Um, Niner guys, Niners guys asked that, and, and then Gary also asked, uh, who do you see replacing D'Amico Ryan's? Uh, so both asked a very similar question, so I just answered both at the same time. Uh, in fact, uh, multiple people asked this. So uh, Vic Fangio is obviously the number one uh, candidate for me. And some people are concerned because Fangio runs a 3-4 and the 49ers run a 4-3, and how would how would Nick Bosa work in, four, in the 3-4? The 49ers personnel doesn't really fit three, four. And I agree with that. But from what I understand, Fangio's not locked into three, four, that he's willing to do whatever according to the personnel. So I don't think that that would be an issue. I, I think that he would work within what he, what he has. And he's a great coach, great schemer. And one of the biggest things for me is that he's probably not going to be a head coach candidate again, which means He's, we're not going to be going through this two years from now. He's still going to be in Santa Clara. He's still going to be with the 49ers uh, if, if he were to get the job. Where if you get a young up-and-comer like, uh, like D'Amico Ryans, then you're, you're probably going to lose him if your defense is really good. But Fangio, I don't think that would be uh, the case. So, uh, so here's some other names uh, being thrown out. Chris Harris, uh, the, the 49ers have already contacted uh, who's he with? Washington, I think. Uh, they've already 
reached out to, to get permission to talk to him. Uh, there's some internal options like Daniel Bullock's or Corey Unlun. Uh, Corey Unlun was actually, I think that he was a, a defensive coordinator in the past. So those are some options. Uh, some other names to consider. Chris Richards, who used to coach the uh, Seahawks defense. Now they, they went from being the dominant Seahawks defense to not being as good while while he was the defensive coordinator. So I don't know if I would be that crazy about that. Uh, Brian Flores, who's uh, with uh, the Steelers. He's the senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. Uh, you know him from being the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Steve Wilkes, who was the Panthers interim head coach. Uh, he, he might be a good fit. Joe Woods, the, the Browns DC. Um, yeah, I'm not crazy about that one, but those were just some names of some others throughout. So Jeff R asked who on the coaching staff or players does D'Amico Ryans take with him to Houston? Do we hire internally, externally, uh, to fill these voids? Well, Matt Barrows of The Athletic said that he's heard names like Bobby Slowick. In fact, uh, the Texans have already requested permission to speak with Bobby Slowick. He's the 49ers passing game coordinator. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steven, I, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Ed Goat. I'm not even going to try to say his name. He's, he's there, the 49ers uh, defensive quality control. I, should, I probably should have looked that up. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Andrew Hayes Stoker, the defensive quality control um, as well. And then Barrows said, if I were Ryan's, I'd tap defensive line assistant Daryl Tapp. Yeah, Daryl Tapp is probably the only one on the staff who brings the kind of intensity that Chris Kasurik brings. And Daryl Tapp is, is one of those up-and-comers who uh, eventually is going to probably be a defensive coordinator. So that would, that that he's definitely a, a possibility uh, for D'Amico to take as well. Um, I'd hate to lose Slowick. I'd hate to lose Tap. I think both are young, bright, up-and-coming types, and so I would hate for that to happen. Um, you know, I, I I wondered if Anthony Anthony Lynn might go, but I don't think that he's going to to be going. And I think that uh, Washington has uh, requested permission to speak to him about their offensive coordinator position. So. I, I don't expect that Anthony Anthony Lynn would be going with uh, with D'Amico Ryan's. As far as players that Ryan's might take to Houston uh, or try to sign while he's there, uh, Emmanuel Mosley would definitely be one. Uh, Jimmy Ward, Aziz Al Shire, uh, Charles Amenahu, Jordan Willis. Those those would be some names that uh, that I would watch. And uh, somebody asked me something. Let me see if I find that one. Somebody asked me something about um, Emmanuel Mosley, but I don't see where that's. Oh, here it is. So Uncle Salty asked, do the, do the 49ers re-sign Emmanuel Mosley or does he go with Ryans to the Texans? Would love to have him back. Yeah, I, I really hope that Emmanuel Mosley comes back to the 49ers. I, I, I think that he's great. He's very underrated. And had he not been injured, you know, obviously you're not going to win the NFC Championship game without a quarterback. But had he not been injured and the, the 49ers didn't lose uh, Brock Purdy, 
I, I really like their chances even more. Yes, Diamador Lenore played well down the stretch, but when Mosley was playing uh, before he got injured, he was playing as well, if not better, than Charvarius Ward was even playing. So, yeah, I'd love to get him back. I don't know what his injury situation is going to look like. You know, coming back from an ACL, usually it takes him about a year uh, to get back. So he So in 2022, he was injured. So usually 2023 is nothing spectacular, you know, as far as their burst and their speed and all that. Uh, but then that following year, 2024, he should be back to uh, himself again. Uh, John asked, my biggest question is, I know it's early, but what position groups do you think will be the biggest needs this offseason? To me, the biggest needs for the 49ers are offensive line, especially uh, center and right tackle. I realize that Jake Brendel made uh, the Pro Bowl as an alternate and Mike McGlinchey had his best season as a 49er, but I still think that those two positions can be upgraded. I'm, I'm good with the guards, Burford and Banks. Um, of course, Trent Williams is all world, but I definitely think that right tackle and center are the spots that they need to upgrade. Matt Mayoko said something about... Uh, Colton McKivitz possibly being the next right tackle. I don't think that that's an upgrade. I think that that's more of a lateral kind of move. Uh, so I'd like to see the 49ers go after uh, somebody else uh, other than Colton McKivitz and other than Mike McGlinchey. But to get a good tackle in the NFL is going to be really expensive. So I don't know. We may be stuck with Colton McKivitz. I'd love to see him get somebody uh, better than... Uh, uh, than than uh, Jake uh, Brendel at uh, the center position, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Um, also, secondary. I think nickel corner uh, is going to be an issue. Is Samuel Womack going to be ready for that? Uh, and also free safety. Tayshawn Gibson is uh, Tayshawn Gibson. Uh, I'm sorry. Is the uh, uh, is a free agent, so he's not going to be back. Are they going to pay big bucks to bring back Jimmy Ward? to play free safety. I don't know. Ward sounded to me like he, like he's gone, but I think if, if they were willing to pay him, I'm sure he'd love to stay in San Francisco. Uh, also defensive tackle. I've had enough of Javon Kinlaw. I just, I don't think that he's any good and he's always hurt. So I, I think they need to move on from him. They really felt the loss of DJ Jones. And so they need to find a run stuffing type of, defensive tackle if they can get somebody like like eric armstead who can, not only can stop the run but can get after the passer that's even better but yeah they they need to upgrade at defensive tackle also defensive end the, the edge position where where they're opposite of nick bosa uh, they they need to do something there i don't think that ebucom i don't think that he's the answer drake jackson had he flashed at times but he also wore down uh, as the season went on. Kyle Shanahan talked about that today in uh, his, uh, he and John Lynch had uh, a press conference, their end of, the, end of the season press conference, and he talked about how Drake Jackson hit a rookie wall and, and kind of lost some speed, lost some strength uh, as, as the season went on. He started to get tired, and, and that could be part of the reason why he was a healthy scratch uh, throughout the postseason, uh, but uh, the other reason is that uh, that uh, Javon Kinlaw was was 
active on game days, but he couldn't play the, the whole game. And so they had to have another defensive tackle up, ready to go to relieve Ken, Kinlaw. So that's another reason why uh, Kinlaw hurt the team uh, down the stretch. And also backup quarterback. So if Brock Purdy's not ready for the season, then they need some kind of backup quarterback. Uh, let's see. Nick asked, did Lenore do enough in the postseason to be fine with him? Womack, Mooney, and bringing back Eman, or do we need to look at an upgrade? If they bring back Emmanuel Mosley, I think that from a corner position, I think that they're good to go. Maybe they need to do something at nickel. It kind of depends on if, if Samuel Womack is ready for that. Um, I, I know that Lenore was originally thought of as a, a nickel corner, but but they really haven't used him in that position, and he played on the outside this this season, and he he did it really well. So, yeah, I, I think that they need to bring back Emmanuel Mosley, or they need to go get somebody uh, who can who can challenge Lenore for that starting position opposite Charverius Char Ward. If they don't bring back Jimmy Ward, which I don't think that he wants to come back and play nickel, he wants to be paid like a starting free safety. So they may need to do something at nickel as well, depending on what they think about uh, Samuel Womack. Jennifer and Niner Jim both ask questions about uh, what are your thoughts on which of the free agents the 49ers will keep? How aggressive will they be in free agency? <clears throat> the 49ers have 24 players who are going to be free agents as soon as March gets here. Now, three of those, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, Kevin Givens, and Colton McKivitz, are uh, restricted. So they all, in all likelihood, will be back in 2023. But they have a lot of players to replace, 24 of them. So if you take away the restricted, 21 uh, unrestricted free agents. So they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be busy in free agency. They're going to be signing a lot of guys because they have a lot of holes to fill. Um, so here are the free agents that I'd like to see come back. And I'm going to tell you who they are and also tell you whether or not I think that they will be back. So Jimmy Ward, I'd love to see him back, but I think he's gone. I don't, I don't think he's going to be coming back. Emmanuel Mosley already said I'd love to see him back. And I think he will be back, maybe on like a one-year uh, prove it kind of deal. Um, since he's coming back off of his ACL, I don't think that he's going to demand the big bucks. Uh, Robbie Gold, I'd like to see him back, and I think that he will be back. Charles Amenahu, I'd like to see him back, but I don't think he's going to be back. I think he's going to get paid uh, more than what the 49ers might be willing to give him. Jordan Willis, uh, I'd like to see him back, and I think he will be back. Tabor Pepper, the long snapper, I want him back. Uh, he's uh, one of the best in the business, and I think he will be back. So as far as the free agents that I'm okay to see come back for the right price, that would be Aziz Alshire. I think he's going to get paid probably, and, and he may go with D'Amico Ryans. That would be a great fit for him. And so I don't think that Aziz will be back. I'd like to see him back. Jake Brendel, I'm okay with him coming back, but I'd prefer an upgrade. Um, I don't think that he's going to be back. Daniel Brunskill, I'm okay with him coming back for the right price, not as a starter, but kind of as a moving part, uh, like like he did this year and, and last year. Um, I actually think that he's going to be back. So, 
Mike McGlinchey, um, I'd love to see an upgrade, but if the price was right, I'm open to seeing him come back because right tackles are hard to find. And McGlinchey is good in the run game, but I think he's going to get paid because starting tackles are hard to find. So I think he's going to get paid by somebody, and so I don't think he's going to be back. Tashawn Gibson, uh, wouldn't mind seeing him come back, especially if Jim, Jimmy Ward's not back. Um, I think that he's probably gone. I, I, I don't know. He, he may come back, uh, especially if Ward's not. Kerry Hyder Jr., I'd be okay with that, but I don't think he's going to be back. Same for Hassan Ridgeway. Tyler Croft, uh, you know, I, I think that backup tight ends are, are a dime a dozen, guys like him. I'd love to see the 49ers draft a tight end who's a real threat in the passing game or pick up somebody. I, I'd have to look and see who's available as free agents, but I'd love to see them get, and I think that Kyle Shanahan wants this, you know, some of the tight ends, free agent tight ends that he's shown interest in in the past. I think that he's really interested in finding somebody who who can do that and so uh, who, who can be that second tight end to, you know, ha- have a George Kittle and then the, the backup tight end. Uh, I, I think that that would be a, a really good, uh, you know, double threat there. Uh, Maurice Hurst, uh, he just keeps getting hurt, so I think he's gone. Um so Simon asked, do you think they will try and get Purdy buffed up a bit for next season? Well, I think they're going to be more focused on getting Purdy healthy for next season. Yeah, it would have been great to have the offseason to get him uh, to put some weight on, to get a little stronger, but he's going to be busy trying to recover from uh, this uh, <clears throat> injury. So Will and Eric asked... Uh, Pretty similar questions here. They asked about um, it, will, will the NFL look into having designated emergency quarterbacks available so that uh, the uh, so that the teams don't have to get into a situation like the 49ers did on Sunday. But uh, I don't think that that's going to be something that is going to happen uh, primarily because. Uh, Ian Rappaport talked about it on KNBR on Monday. And what he said was, I'm trying to find this. uh, uh, Basically what he said is, is that this is not something that's ever talked about in NFL meetings and that it's just not really a problem. I mean, what the 49ers dealt with on Sunday uh, is rare. So it's it's not likely to be something that they address. Uh, but here's the thing. There was a time where you automatically, every team had a, a third string quarterback, a, an emergency quarterback that would actually dress on game day. And if the two, uh, the, the, the number one and number two quarterbacks got injured, that emergency quarterback could come in and play. But he he was he had to finish the game. So if he got hurt, they still would have to go to some kind of Christian McCaffrey or Kyle Juszczyk kind of player. Uh, so even if one of the other quarterbacks was now able to come back, they weren't allowed to. And so I'm not sure why they did away with that, but they did. And so you know a, a team can dress three quarterbacks if they want to. They just don't normally do it because they 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 need those players available at other positions uh, because 
you know, you're more likely to lose an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman than you are a uh, a quarterback. So that's probably not going to be a rule that we see changed. Uh, let's see. If the Niners were to trade Trey Lance, uh, this is Samuel asking this question. If the Niners were to trade Trey Lance this offseason, what would be the salary cap implications? I've read that if they trade Trey, uh, they would take a $20 million plus dead cap hit. Well, first off, I don't think that they're going to trade Trey Lance. It, he's only played, what, 14 quarters uh, is, uh, in, the, in the NFL? So they're not going to trade him. They, they traded a ton to get him. They haven't even had a chance to see how great he can be or how terrible he can be. So look, at this point, I think they're going to hold on to him and just let him develop. I mean, think about if they traded him and then he goes and becomes a superstar somewhere else. They're going to look terrible. I mean, if they won the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, then yeah, they can get away with it. But if they don't, if they don't win the Super Bowl and, and he goes and does, then good grief. I mean, I mean that's that's going to be bad. But but yeah, as Samuel mentioned, uh, his dead cap hit is pretty steep. Uh, I think it's because of signing bonuses and things like that that are normally spread out over the deal. Those would come due because they're guaranteed. And so if he were to be traded, they, they, uh, they would have to pay a lot more than, uh, than what they would be paying if they held on to him. Uh, for the season. So I think the hope is that he comes back, uh, that, uh, that Purdy can come back and be healthy, but that Lance can start to develop into who they uh, hope he can be. Daniel asked, will the NFL safety committee take up the question of whether Kyle will be allowed to continue coaching and get even more quarterbacks hurt? This is a joke, right? I mean, Daniel, are you talking about the coach who just got to his third NFC Championship game in four years and got there with a rookie quarterback who was barely drafted, the, the coach who won 12 games in a row. Come on, I mean, this is that's I hope that that's a joke, because if not, that's just a dumb question. Uh, Miguel asked, when is Shanahan going to hold himself accountable for the mistakes? I think he does hold himself accountable. I, I think that he... He admits when he makes mistakes. You know, if he calls a bad play or makes a mistake during the game, he admits it. And and I know that Jed York holds him accountable. So, uh, you know, at some point we have to start to realize that, look, yeah, Shanahan's going to make mistakes. Coaches do that. And players are going to make mistakes. And so every time they lose, it's not on Shanahan. It's, a, it's annoying how earlier in the season, and, and it was this way last year too, that early in the season, people were, I had so many people responding to our mailbags and writing me and saying, Shanahan needs to be fired. And then all of a sudden they're happy with him once they go on a winning streak and gets to the NFC Championship game. And then once they lose in the NFC Championship game or in the Super Bowl, then fans start saying he needs to be fired again. He's a great coach. Does he have shortcomings? Does he make mistakes? Of course but he's a great coach. He's doing a great job, so get off his back. <laughs> uh, let's see. Michael, why was nothing called against Philly? Rigged. Why didn't our fourth-string quarterback get a flag for Philly landing full body causing a concussion? Rigged. Why didn't they 
flag Philly for holding Debo's face mask for a good 20 seconds, but flags went flying when Trent pulled him off. Rigged. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here, Michael, that you think that there's some rigging going on. Look, yeah, I mean, and that player that was holding on Debo's face mask, he got kicked out of the game as well. Um, Trent Williams didn't pull him off. He he catapulted him. I mean, he grabbed him and tossed him, uh, which was pretty impressive. Uh, not, not that I condone what he did, but uh, it was impressive how he took a grown man and, and threw him to the, to the ground like he was a little kid. Um, but look, like I'll admit, I, I'm never one to blame officials. I hate when that happens. I think that it's weak. But I will admit that there were some bad calls in that game. I mean, I, I wrote some of these down. The the missed drop by Devontae Smith, um, that, was, that was a missed call by the refs. The roughing the punter penalty, uh, where Jordan Mason was was pushed into the punter, that was horrible, and that that changed that that was a, a big game changing moment. Uh, there was some missed holding calls, which happens all the time, but there was one in particular where Dre Greenlaw was called for a face mask, which he definitely did. But before that, before that that back got outside uh, uh, to to be able to to be have Greenlaw grab his face mask. There was a hold that I saw right before that, and I actually yelled it. There's holding. And so that would have been offsetting penalties. They would have replayed the down, and maybe the 49ers get off the field instead of having that drive extended. There was the Jimmy Ward pass interference penalty, which was not pass interference. It was within the five yards, which is part of the rule. Um, And then the fact that Lane Johnson uh, came out of his stance so many times early it just he could have been called for false start uh, at least five times uh so yeah there were some bad calls or some missed calls but no michael i don't think that it was rigged will asked has any team in the history of pro sports ever suffered as many injuries as we have since 2020 probably not and if they have they undoubtedly have not May not had the kind of success that the 49ers have had. It's been amazing that after everything they've endured, that they continue to make it deep into the playoffs, NFC Championship, Super Bowl. That's that's been impressive. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody asked why no review of the no catch Eagles. Uh, I guess they're talking about the Devonte Smith one. Kyle Shanahan said that they didn't see the angle. Um, that showed that the ball hit the ground until it was too late. He's telling the truth because, in fact, that angle was not... We didn't see, those of us that were at home watching on Fox, we didn't see that until the Eagles scored the touchdown and they came back from commercial. That's when we saw it. So, yeah, that was... that was an, I don't know who's at fault. Is that in the NFL? Is that Fox? Uh, but they dropped the ball there uh, for sure. Uh, so that... Uh, you, you know, that that was part of it. But really, the way that Devontae Smith came out of that catch, you know, where he was telling them huddle up, you know, and he was hurry, he knew that he had dropped the ball. And so I think that they should have thrown the flag, thrown a, a challenge flag or called a timeout or something uh, at, at that spot. Uh, and here's the last one from Johnny. Jimmy G saying everything will work out to Dr. John York and De- Denise DeBartolo York. Does that mean Jimmy G is coming back? What's your take? Well, I didn't take it that way. Now, I could be wrong, 
But what Johnny's talking about is, is after the game, Jimmy Garoppolo was seen hugging the Yorks and thanking them for, um, for everything, uh, showing his gratitude. And as he was walking away, he said to them, everything's going to work out. And so he's not saying, uh, I, I don't believe that he's saying, hey, everything's going to work out between us. I'll be back. I think that they, you know, they may have just wished him well and he wished them well or, or however that went. And then, he, you know, he may have just meant, hey, everything's going to work out. It's going to work out for me. It's going to work out for the 49ers. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't think we should read too much in, into that. I don't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be back in 2023. Kyle Shanahan said today at the press conference that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be back with the 49ers. Now, a lot can change. I've buried... Jimmy Garoppolo many times and even put the shovels away because I was so convinced that he was buried and gone, but uh, he keeps coming back like Michael Myers in Halloween movies. Uh, he, he just keeps reappearing, but I, I don't think that that's going to happen this time. So, uh, so I think that we can uh, put our Jimmy Garoppolo stories to bed uh, because I don't think that he's going to be back. So that's, uh, that's it for our mailbag. Hopefully that was helpful to you. If you could, take a minute and subscribe. Uh, I, I'm going to be providing a couple of times a week, uh, at least twice a week, going to be putting out some videos to give you 49ers content to new, news. Whenever news breaks uh, in 49ers land, I'm going to hop on and, and knock that out for you so that you're always uh, knowing what's going on. So so hit, uh, hit that subscribe button so that uh, you can know as soon as some 49ers news happens. If you're on Twitter, follow me at 49ers Camelot. I'm very active there, so you'll be able to find out what's going on with the 49ers there. Thanks so much for watching.